Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Newtown Theatre. Please welcome a man who's hoping that his audience didn't just have a fight with Stuart Lee's audience. I hope you did. I hope you won. It's Richard Herring! Hello. Hello. Hello, Edinburgh. Oh, my God, it's all falling apart. Uh, welcome to the midway point. It's Midway point of my Edinburgh Fringe. Halfway through this episode, we'll be halfway through my Edinburgh Fringe. This is uh, show 11 of Richard Herring's Lumping Shit Together podcast. <laughs> Let's face it. So, uh, I was talking to uh, the Stuart Lee fans who are just leaving. <laughs> Stuart Lee was just on. Uh, uh, they prefer kind of more mainstream stuff than this sort of TV comedian stuff. They can't, they can't really bear a joke if it's only if it's repeated for more than 20 minutes. They, uh, <laughs> They really, so they can't stand uh, it's when just one joke is stretched over seven or eight years. So it's, God, I hope they don't find out about the Stone Clearing podcast. They're gonna, it's going to blow their minds. They don't call it Rahalastabak because they're, they're not cool enough like you are cool. If you, you have to choose a side, kids. If you, were, if you were in that other show as well, you have to leave now. I'm proud, sorry, you have to choose a side. Uh, so, uh, what's been up to... Well, I've got uh, an email. There's been a lot of vagina news uh, in uh, this fringe. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm looking at you. you. You have one. I wasn't particularly picking you out. Uh, but uh, 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 every day there's vagina news in the papers. Uh, we've had, you can't put ice lollies up for your vaginas, girls. I know you want to, but you mustn't. Uh, you can't put uh, steaming hot water up your vagina. That's a good one. Uh, you can't put chocolate up your vagina. Today's news, uh, Andy Wong Wallington uh, tweeted me to say, uh, in the sun it pointed out uh, that you shouldn't put vinegar up your vagina. So I hope that's helpful to you. Don't put vinegar up your vagina. I mean, I know it's tempting, isn't it? <laughs> uh, so cider vinegar they're talking about generally. Women are putting cider vinegar on their um, vulvas uh, in order to tighten them. Now, look, girls, don't worry about that. It doesn't matter about that. That's ridiculous. The only people who are worried about uh, that are men with very small cocks who you don't want to be involved with. So if you've got men with big cocks like me, the wider the better. I've got to try and get it in. Um, there's nothing wrong with having a small penis, but there is something wrong with saying that women have large vaginas. Uh, so you don't, uh, don't, don't feel you have to. Uh, exports have, well, experts have warned you not to do that, girl. Don't put... Because uh, what it does, uh, it causes irritation and inflammation, which can cause tightening, but also is bad for your vagina. Okay, so that's... I kind of... I think this... It's happening so regularly now. I think there must be one vagina expert every day. Someone's ringing up. Is vinegar okay? No, nothing. Don't put anything up. I've said every day, don't put anything up there. Don't even put cocks up there. They're disgusting. <laughs> uh, the Sun article helpfully also listed some other things that people think they should put up vaginas. <laughs> Uh, garlic, some women put garlic in their vaginas. You've got to ward off the vampires. I mean, that's the, they're not interested in your vaginas. It's your necks. Put it around your neck. Uh, cucumbers, don't put cucumbers up your vagina. I can, I can at least understand why you would do that, but uh, it's meant to be. If you peel, you, you peel them first, but don't even peel them. Uh, yogurt, don't put yogurt up. Delicious yogurt. Don't ruin it. Uh, and uh, parsley. I mean, come on, it's not a salad. <laughs> people put parsley up their vaginas. Well, mainly women, but people as well, uh, to <laughs> induce a period. So uh, that is all the stupid. <laughs> uh, I've been to see a show today. I've been to see Captain Flynn and the Pirate Dinosaurs. Anyone seen that? No, it's, it's childish. Uh, it was 
That is ridiculous. Uh, what I was quite impressed with, go and see it. There are only four actors in that cast, and, I, and even I can't quite work out uh, how that's possible. Uh, my daughter um, was terrified. She's an idiot. And... Uh, <laughs> I, I wasn't scared hardly at all. Uh, T Rex is pretty. It's pretty good actually. It's a good show. Uh, oh, and the other news is that Steve Coogan has been let off uh, a driving ban because Alan Partridge needs to drive. That is. That's pretty good, isn't it? That's pretty good work from Steve Coogan's lawyers there. Uh, I'm playing a character on stage as well. I'm the character of Richard Herring, and I I need to drive if I get a driving ban. It's cheeky. There's a cauliflower crisis. All sorts of things are happening. But look, we're going to crack on. Uh, we've only got one guest today. Because he's, he's popular enough to almost... Uh, almost, this was the closest we came uh, to filling this massive hall. Uh, he's probably best known for holding a Guinness World Record for naming the most countries from their capital in 30 seconds. That's why we're here, to see if he can still do that. <laughs> Will you yeah, he was also a nun in the 1960s. Will you please welcome... <laughs> Mr. Richard Osman! Welcome, Have a microphone here. You can be off there. Thank you very much. Hello, everybody. Sit down. I guess oh, you have sat for a lot of people, these chairs are big, right? They are. <laughs> Finally, they've come into their own. We had Lucy Bowman on there who looked like like a little tiny elf on there and now and me yeah, you're uh-huh. cr- it's, bro- it's broken I'm so excited uh, I just saw Stuart Lee oh <laughs> my good I was so starstruck that's like that's like once we did Pointless and Ben Miller came on I was so excited Stuart Lee's never been on Pointless so uh, he has not been on that's weird that isn't it it's weird he hasn't sold out um, <laughs> i tell you what though he's yeah. looking good isn't he <laughs> he is I did not know. I didn't know you were eight years older than him. <laughs> no, he looks awful. You look he great does, at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> we were talking. We had Richard on a show the other day, and everyone was talking about how amazing your hair looks. Yeah. It's so good. You, you really suit the, uh, that silver thing. Thank you. That, there's no silver in that. I don't know what we're talking about. That is, that's just the lights reflecting off the, Chrome. the deep, deep brown of my hair. <laughs> Getting on. I'm getting old. It's, I'm getting on. It's, uh, we're all getting older. Um, so, did you get a world record for naming? That seems like a weak world record for Do naming. <laughs> Being able to name. No, yeah, you're quite right. Let's compare it to your world record. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, the no, world's was, best self-playing snooker player. It was quite scary. I had yeah. to name. I think I can't remember. Zander named the countries. I had to do the capitals, or the other way around. <laughs> and they had a guy from the Guinness World Records, like in a blazer. And I, th- I just sort of thought this is, a bit of, this is a bit of a mock thing. And so I did it, and it was really stressful. And he came up like, with a sad look on his face. And I thought, oh, you're going to do the old, I'm sorry. You're a world record holder. But he said, I'm sorry. You've got one too few. Oh. And so I had to do it again. Wow. I had to do it twice. It was awful. But I got it right the second time, and now I've got, it on, uh, I've got it on my wall. There's a kid, like a 15-year-old kid from Luton or somewhere, who tweeted me and said, oh, I broke your world record. But uh, it wasn't under the conditions of the Guinness Book of Records, so I still own it. So, so you know what? Fuck that kid. That's what I'm and uh, there's the picture of you as a nun in the 1960s that you, you tweeted. Is that? Oh yeah. Is that you time travelling? That was that was. Um, funnily enough, Graham Garden sent me that. And if Graham Garden sends you something, you know you got friends who'll send you like videos and stuff, and you know it's not going to be funny. If Graham Garden sends you something, goes, I think this is going to be funny. You think, wow, this really is. And yeah, it's on my it's on my Instagram. And uh, yeah, it's a it's a nun, a teacher nun who literally looks identical 
to me, the yeah. lucky woman. It's, uh, She's a nun and she looks like you. I mean, I mean, goodness me, how little sex do you want? Good, it's worth, it's worth having a look at. So let me mm. have a look at what I've got for you. We've been on t- two times before. You're always very rude to me, I don't know why. Uh, I've managed to find out some facts, right, about okay. you from the internet. There's loads of things, seven facts about... Richard Osman. Seven facts you didn't know about Richard Osman. Okay, I bet I know them. Um, I, I knew them all. GayUK.com. Sorry? GayUK.com. GayUK.com. Yeah, this is a website called GayUK.com. People okay. who are gay in the UK go there, I'm guessing. Seven things you probably didn't know about Richard Osman. And the first okay. one, he's not gay. That is, uh, ah, that is I didn't. I did not know that. There you go. I had no idea. I'm already learning stuff. I need to change my lifestyle. <laughs> And the rest were like, he's on Pointless, he does House of Games, he's quite oh, tall. <laughs> they were, it was poor work from the, from the gayuk.com. Um, but they, they must stop reading after the first one, right? Yeah. Because suddenly it's outside the zone of interest. <laughs> yeah. Well, it made it sound like it was going well. He talks about, he's got a very close relationship with Alexander Armstrong. Oh, yeah, well, if, they'd led, up, if they'd led up to it. Yeah, they led up, and then, uh, but unfortunately he's not gay. But, you know, maybe you are. You know, I've been wasting my time coming on Pointless so many times. I was, I've just been flirting with you. Well, listen, there's many reasons you've been wasting your time because you're pointless. <laughs> that, is, uh, that, is, that, is, that is least among them, I would say. Um, did, I've looked at what people Google, the questions they ask about you on oh, Google. God, Have you okay. seen this? No. So we can answer these questions now oh, for the people. This is the first question people ask about you. Yeah. Is Richard Osman blind? That is ah. the question they ask about you. I can't, believe, you I can't believe you've you asked me if, I, if I've seen that or not. Uh, <laughs> I'm not. I've got very bad eyesight. Yeah. Got, I'm, I'm, I, I, would, I would be a Paralympian rather than an Olympian. So I can't drive or anything like that. But I can right. see. I yeah. can see. I can see bits and bobs. I can't see any of your lovely audience. But I think that might be the lights. <laughs> You're lucky. I honestly don't want to see. You don't want to lift the front rower. Just all apart, apart from you, madam. You're lovely, and I'm sure you have a fragrant vagina. So it's. Uh, it's I'm sure you do. I was um, listening to your vagina, yeah. well, a vagina monologue, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. At the top. It's quite something. Yeah, thank you. Well, it's, I've become obsessed with them this year. You've uh, just, yeah, just, just this year. year. <laughs> fact, fact number one, Richard Herring is not gay. <laughs> I was gay, and then I found out about vaginas and all the things you shouldn't put in them. Uh, uh, so, second question, is Richard Osman married? Are you married, Richard? Uh, I am not married. Not no, married. I'm not married. But, you know, open to suggestion, Richard, if you are. Okay. With that, with that hair. Okay, thank you. You're suddenly gay UK seeming to be wrong about your the, the seven facts about you. What nationality are you, Richard Osman? That's ah, that's a good question. Yeah. I'm Slovakian. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I say, that, I say that post-Brexit. I'm, uh, I, am, I am British, unfortunately. Okay, yeah. Um, <laughs> Does Richard Osman have kids? I mean, yes. that's a weird question to be. Why is someone asking that question on the well, internet? Well, I don't, I don't, I mean, I don't imagine people really care very much. I imagine it's probably three people ever ask yeah. that question. I have uh, two kids. They're both here. They're both watching. Yeah. So no vagina talk, please. Okay, nothing. I won't do anything <laughs> rude. Uh, does Richard Osman have a brother is another question. Aww, that's nice. That's nice. <laughs> they know you've got a brother. That's why they're saying, that's a, you don't ask people that. Do you think? Yeah, have you yeah. got a brother? I have got a brother. It's called no. Dave, David Herring. And a Dave Herring? Yeah, Dave Big Dave. Yeah, what, Dave. Does, what does Dave do? Uh, he's working as a teacher assistant. He's done a lot of jobs in his life. He's a teacher. Is he a teacher's, teacher's assistant? Yeah. Is the teacher Stuart Lee's brother? <laughs> uh, right, what, what pop bands have you been on? <laughs> 
Good, well, we've, we've cleared up those questions. You, you no, I'm just, my, I do have a brother. My brother's just written his first... I've, I wrote a novel, but my brother's just written his first novel. He wrote his before me, and I've just been reading it. It's terrible. It's taken me ages, and it's better than mine. Okay. Oh, I'm so annoyed. <laughs> I thought, I hope it's good, but like... Uh, yeah. But it's really good. It's called The Ruins, and it's out in February. And your, but your novel, you've got like an incredible and once-in-a-lifetime advance of the first person about 20 years to get an advance of over a million-pound advance writing your book. Yeah, 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 I think so. But, uh, <laughs> so listen, I, 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 that's something I can always remind my brother of. I can say, look, your book may be better than mine, but uh, yeah, look at the advance. Uh, no, it's lovely. I was very chuffed about that. So it's you wrote like, a book. On, 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 when, when did you manage to do it? Because you're working so hard all the time. You're sitting in your dressing room at Pointless. Well, you know the bit in between Pointless and House of Games where they show a trailer? <laughs> <laughs> I did it in that moment every day. No, I was writing there for about 18 months. I didn't tell anyone I was doing it. I didn't want to... Um, I thought I'd love to write a book. I've always wanted to write a book, and I'm a huge crime fiction fan. Uh, and lots of you know, uh, celebs write children's books and stuff like that, but I'm a huge crime fiction fan. I thought, I want to write a book. But then I also thought, if I go to a publisher, they're going to think, oh, this is, this is like... Adam Titchmarsh or Richard Bailey writing a book will definitely give you a deal and I thought I, I, thought, I don't really want that so I thought I'll write the entire thing I won't tell anyone and then I'll show it to people and I'll look them in the whites of the eyes and they seem to like it um, so um, yeah I'm very very excited so and the nice thing is we sold it to the States and Germany and Italy and all that stuff and they have don't have a first clue who I am. Yeah. So I think maybe it's okay. That's good. We'll look forward to that. I'm glad you've got some money because I've always been a bit worried about how things are going <laughs> for you. you. That's very kind. <laughs> um, and I'm kind of quite fascinated. Well, let's, let's talk about you and your, ch- your child and your brother because both you and your brother have gone on to be successful in show business, but you didn't come from a showbiz family and a showbiz background. We come from a, as unshowbiz yeah. families as possible. So my brother is in the band Suede, so he's very, very, very cool. Uh, and I'm very, very uncool. And even, um, actually, even in the novels, you can tell my book is quite crowd pleasing. Uh, you know, it's a murder mystery and it's all that stuff. And his is very dark and, 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 uh, and good. Uh, and uh, so he was always cool. But no, no one in my family's ever done anything like that before. I sometimes sit with my mum, who uh, is, is, is many things, but she's not one of Britain's leading poets. Uh, and I do say, where, where on earth did this come from? And she said, well, I like, I, you know, I read a lot. And you think, well, is that the same as being the bassist in one of the one of <laughs> Britpop's finest bands? So I never really know where, where, where it came from. It came from a, a single-parent family who... My mum was a teacher, and, uh, yeah, she had no kind of... I think she just wanted us to be, like, a doctor. And uh, So my brother was the first person in our family to go to university. Right, and I, he just beat me by three years. <laughs> uh, and, uh, yeah, it came, it came as a surprise, I think. She just wanted us to have a proper job. And even my brother now, he's 50. And she's just about worked out that he's going to be all right. <laughs> you know? With his portfolio of mansions, she's just about thought maybe he doesn't need to quit and get, get a nice day job. And you watched a lot of telly as a kid, mm-hmm. and I've read someone saying everyone was telling you off for re- re- watching so much telly, and you, obviously it's worked out quite well for you, but how do people, you know, so people at home who are in a similar position to you who don't have, uh, you know... The, David Dimbleby as their dad, yes. say. Uh, <laughs> how do you how do you how do you get into TV in the first place? Well, time? I got into TV because I watched a lot of telly, is the truth. And if you've got kids, we always tell our kids to go outside and play and all that sort of nonsense. And then you see that kid who won three million dollars playing Fortnite. Yeah. You see that, that's what's gonna be a whole series of dads just caught again the god, stop playing football! Come in here, get on your computer. But, uh, you know, I loved watching telly. I just thought I was watching telly. And obviously, uh, I got a job just from 
in, in the newspaper, but you go for a job in an interview in telly, and they just talk to you about television. So if you've spent the last 16 years watching it religiously and loving it and caring about it, that comes across, because most people they talk to you don't. So if you love playing video games or whatever it is you like to do, people will spot that, and you'll get into that industry quite easily, is the truth. It's hard to get in some industries, because you know, if, you've got, uh, if, if, if money isn't there, and when I left uni, we had housing benefit, all that kind of stuff, so we could move to London for a couple of months, yeah. and then you know, very quickly uh, got a job in telly. So Endemol is my company, and every year we take on six new people. And it's, it's immediately apparent who's brilliant. It's immediately apparent people who watch telly and love telly. Uh, and we give them proper living wage, not, not the regular one. If they've got nowhere to stay, we find them places to stay. All that kind of stuff that makes it so impossible to get into particular industries. Uh, and, you know, so many of those kids are now um, running channels. So it's really paid off for us, I have to say. Because, uh, yeah, they can commission stuff for us. So it's, uh, it, was, it was a lost leader, it turns out. But yeah, lots of them have made millions. You know, these kids, and they, they came from you know, nothing, but they send off ideas. You know, we said, let's send us three ideas. And you can always tell the people who are not going to work in telly. So they go, are oh, you just going to steal my ideas? You go, have you looked at your ideas? <laughs> I think you're going to steal them. Uh, but yeah, the, the, the people who are good, you know, you immediately, they earn a back end of everything they do. And it's, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a lovely industry to get involved yeah. in. And you stay, you stay very into television. I mean, you're often on Twitter, you're, you know, you're populist with TV. And you're, yeah. you're, you're, if anyone's snooty about TV or about something successful on TV, you're, you will leap to the defence of that show. If it's well made, yeah. yeah. And also you find things like, um, does anyone watch The Repair Shop? which is the best new show on television. But, you know, they put it on daytime, but you watch one episode of it, and if you know telly, you go, this is absolutely brilliant. And all it is, is people bringing in... It's the idea that we throw everything away now. Yeah. You know, you know we, we, we can't fix stuff. It's people who bring in, like, old music boxes or old hobby horses that, you know, they had when they were a kid or that their grandmother used to uh, use. Uh, and then they go away for a couple of weeks, and these incredibly skilled craftspeople sort of with, like, kind of you know, these magnifying glasses, and they're kind of fixing stuff in a way you just think, oh, if only I were able to do any of these things at all, and sort of soldering things, and, you know, and then they come back, and then they, they start crying, because the thing looks like it looked like 50 years ago, and it's the most beautiful bit of television, and it's just breaking out now into a proper big hit, be it like a big Christmas special and stuff like that. But I love it. If there's, if there's good telly, I love it. I, I never tweet about bad telly. I wish I could. <laughs> I have some views on it. But uh, I, do, I just, you know, it's not. I, I, I try and I try and just say something's good if it's good, and if it's not good, yeah, yeah. So if you don't tweet about something, we know that it's bad. Yeah, every single thing I've never tweeted about, <laughs> I think, is awful. Um, and let's talk a little bit about uh, pointless. How many episodes have you done of pointless now? Oh, I mean, it seems so few. We are we are literally just coming up to our tenth anniversary. Yeah. The first ever one went out on on August the twenty fourth. Uh, 2009, so we're nearly 10 years in. I think we're up to 1,500, 1,500, right. something like that, with the celebrity ones and yeah, all that. It uh, feels as fresh as the day it was born. Because <laughs> <laughs> we had um, Tony Slattery on quite recently the other day, uh, okay. uh, who was telling us he, he presented a show called Trivial Pursuit. I remember. Uh, and was doing the, what you do, four or five shows a day. Yeah. Uh, started off quite happily and as it progressed he was just going, so what do you do? And going and then literally flipped and went crazy. Do you ever, and that was the end of his career, do you ever worry <laughs> that doing these things day in, day out you, have, you, have you got a handle on it? I mean 
he was doing £4,000 of coke every, well, yeah, every week, was, which may, I don't, you're probably not doing that much. I was going to say, there were, there, there were other things going on, I think, <laughs> and, and we, are, we are slightly different personality types. <laughs> I think that the key thing is, it would be very easy if I didn't care, but I do care. And so every show you want to, you know, see people on once or twice and all that, and you want it to be good, and you want it to be good for people at home. So it sounds absurd to say it's hard work, but it's really, really hard yeah. work. Uh, and uh, we, we have, almost straight after this, I've got to do another 150 of them. Um, which, uh, That's just a day as well. <laughs> very much looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah. uh, but it's great. But listen, I, I get to do it with Zander. So that's nice because he's always there. I mean, listen, he's happy to phone it in as well. So that's, he's, <laughs> it's great. So, you know, he knows that I'll pick up the slack. Yeah. Um, but no, I think because he's a friend, because it's the same crew we've had for 10 years. No one leaves Pointless because it's such a nice, solid job. <laughs> yeah. uh, and no one shouts. Um, and so, it's, it, you know what, it's like a little gang. But th- there are days where... You can always tell on Pointless, show, if you're watching Pointless at home uh, and we've seen Perky, it's either show one, well, but quite Perky, or it's show four when we are super Perky. Um, show two, show two is not too bad because we're about to have lunch, so that's nice. I know I've got a Nando's yeah. coming. Uh, if you ever watch Pointless and think, it's a bit listless today, they look a bit furious, uh, that's a show three. Yeah. Always a show three. They are just, I mean, I feel sorry for when I was on show three, we are literally just... Please, for the love of God, get this finished. I always... I'll tell you, this is... I'm, I shouldn't say this, but this, this is the only time I'm pointless where I really want to shoot myself in the head, okay? So when Zander talks to the contestants, I like it because, you know, you find stuff out about them and there's little gags you can do later on. Uh, but we try and speed through it. But there's two things where if any contestant says that I know that Zander's going to do ten minutes because there's two obsessions. It's, if they say, I play in an orchestra... You think, oh, God, we're going to do 15 minutes on the difference between a bassoon and a fucking piccolo now. Like, forever. Or they'll say, um, oh, I have, I have an allotment. I grow my own vegetables. And so, oh, he absolutely loves it. And then that, I would say, is half an hour. Uh, because he's saying, oh, what are you growing at the moment? What are you putting at the moment? And he said, oh, that would be lovely for summer. And you can't even have to say, we've done 1,500 of these, Sander. It's not going out at the time of year that you're saying it. You, know, you can't say, well, lovely time of year for blackcurrants. Because, yeah. mind you, who knows? But, uh, yeah, anyone who's, God, anyone who's in an orchestra and has an allotment, yeah. I just... <laughs> Well, but, I always think that's when I've been on, that's the worst bit, because you ask pe- people about their lives just before they answer their first question as well. Yeah. So you're half thinking about, oh, fuck, what am I going to say? And then, you, then you're being... Those are the two times... I've, cr- I've cried three times on Pointless. <laughs> and I think two of them have been during that introduction bit where I thought, I'm about to go out because I haven't got an answer. Um, one time I did go, and one time I held on for a little while before going out. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's uh, next, time, you... ne- next time you come on, just yeah. just tell Zander because I don't like it on the celebrity ones as well. Because yeah. Zander's like the president and he doesn't know who anyone is, yeah. like no one. <laughs> By the way, I'm saying he's the loveliest man in the entire world. <laughs> I absolutely love him to bits, but he knows no one. I mean, literally no one. Uh, like Chesney Hawks, he knows, and that is it. <laughs> uh, so John, the producer, does the presidential briefing beforehand and says, yeah. you know, so Sue Pollard, that's uh, Heidi Hyde, went on to You Rang My Lord, um, then did a uh, tour around the country, did, is it, it was in a musical, oh, in a musical, so I musicals as well. Uh, and then he reads out, he says, so we'll know, you know, like Jet from Gladiators will be on it, and say, so Jet, we know you from Gladiators, I would say. And he did, I mean, it's, uh, it's a good performance, but these people who, they think, I have done 30 years worth of stuff. 
Yeah. Since the thing that you're talking to me about, but uh, but he okay. doesn't get out much, does he? Because of being on pointless all the time. He's just kept in a box in between. He's got four kids as well. I've got yeah. four boys under the age of ten. Oh so goodness. let me tell you now, he's out as much as he can be. <laughs> <laughs> every night, every night, he's like, "Oh, I'm doing a corporate," or "Oh, I'm doing a new documentary for ITV." <laughs> oh, have I told you I'm climbing up Kilimanjaro? <laughs> I think there is a guy with young kids at home. <laughs> I was regretting having a day off on Monday, I have to say, when I realised that just meant I had to look after the kids for these. I get three hours off every day doing this. Um, it's almost like this is easier. It is always like this is easier raising human beings. than anything in the world. Um, and would you ever hand it on to someone else, the two of you? I mean, if, would you, they're yeah, big shoes yeah. to fill, aren't they? I Richard? mean, yeah, you're not kidding. Um, yeah, I'd hand it over to a couple of people, yeah. probably. Um, yeah, I think, well, I don't think so... Uh, listen, there'll come a point where we don't do it anymore. Yeah. That is for sure, because everything ends, like Weakest Link and all that stuff ends. Uh, and then, you know, ten years later, we'll, we'll come back. I don't think we would hand it over. I think it'd be hard for someone... I think it'd be a bit unfair to someone to sort of do that. You want to put a new show in. Yeah. I think rather having the same one, but with two other people. Because, listen, either they're bad, in which case, you know, that's hard for everybody. It's hard for them, it's hard for the viewers. Or they're good, in which case, oh, I'm going to just shoot myself. That would be awful. <laughs> Imagine people coming in and being better. Yeah, I don't think anyone could do it. I'd love to have a crack just to... Have would to, you? Well, just to get the terrible uh, tweets I would get for sitting in, daring to sit in your chair or in Alexander's chair. Um, but let's talk about House of Games, which is a much better show than Pointless. <laughs> Uh, which I've and I've been on twice because I won uh, the first time. I won four out of five gay days when I didn't have someone else lumbering along with me. You won Screw. four out of five, and you were robbed on that last show by the uh, by that cheeky girl. <laughs> there was very high stand on both. Well, and the champion of champions, champion of champions, which we've yeah. just recorded, which we can't talk too much about. I don't want to say what the results of that were, but I have, have got post-traumatic stress disorder as a result of being on. It, it's very, because it's, it's, you've got to answer so quickly on, mm. and, and I think on House of Games you slow it down a bit on the telly. So you, if you yeah, let, on, 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 the, on the telly we make yeah. sure, because everyone, when people buzz in on any quiz show ever, yeah. you know, you'll say, um, which wife? Henry VIII and something, yeah. Anne Boleyn and you go, so, so on telly you then have to you then re-record that so people at home have a bit of a chance yeah. to uh, get it. So you do look a bit thicker yeah. uh, when, it's, uh, when it's shown. They go, could he got right to the end of that question? It was so <laughs> obvious immediately. <laughs> but if you're buzzing in fast, especially on that last round, you're buzzing in fast and then you, you know, I made a, I made a couple, on this last one, which is fresh from my mind, I kept, made a couple of like really embarrassing errors because you're coming out so fast. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's the reason. Yeah, yeah, go on. Yeah. <laughs> and I know the answers, but I got a lot. I mean, I got a lot wrong. I got an awful lot wrong. Uh, and, it's, and then I'm just... I'm, I'm, it takes me... I'm dreaming about it for weeks afterwards. It's terrible. You don't have any psychological counselling after these shows <laughs> to help people through. Well, we, no one's ever worried about it before, but sure, if you need some. <laughs> I, mean, I was going to say, if, if you asked me if there was one contestant I've ever had on a show who might need psychological counselling, it would definitely be you. <laughs> I take it very seriously. It's a fun show, though. We, do, we do five fun. of those a day. Yeah. But it, that's, that goes by much quicker than pointless. Well, it, but it's, it, yeah, for you, because I'm not used to it, because we're doing five in a day, and by the fifth, the first time I did the fifth one, I was, I was actually had out-of-body experiences. I knew, I knew the answer to one question yeah, that yeah. was coming across to someone else, and then I kind of was about to answer it, and you were three questions ahead. I'd, like, somehow come out of my body and... <laughs> gone around the world and come back again and I couldn't say the answer. I think sometimes ordinary people don't realise how difficult it is to do five lots of 30 minutes work a day. (laughs) (laughs) It's hard. It is difficult. It is difficult. 
especially alongside four other people as well, doing, doing most of it. But what, what if you were being asked general knowledge questions while you were doing... I think most people would, would prefer their work if they were being asked general knowledge questions. <laughs> Do you think that'd be more fun at work if someone, if every now and again someone said, "What's the capital of New Zealand?" <laughs> Auckland. Wellington. Oh. <laughs> I failed in my world record attempt already. I mean, even even when we're not doing a quiz show, you lose. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have been doing another. I've done another. You've got another quiz show coming out as a podcast that I've. Have been involved in. Yeah. Uh, that's, uh, you have a slight broadcast in there, Jeff. They're going out in a few yeah, weeks. Yeah, I, I, I slightly resisted ever doing a podcast because so many people do them and there's so many brilliant ones. This included, by the way, which I always listen to. Uh, but I thought, genuinely, because I'm a TV format guy, that's all, that's all I am. And formats are about playing along. And I thought there are, there genuinely are sort of no podcasts, or very few, where you play along that are quizzes or things like that. Yeah. And I had this thought, well, so Rob Deering, the, the, the comic, had this thing which we used to play, which was called The Birthday Game where you just have to guess how old certain people are, famous people are, this week. Mm-hmm. And as soon as you pitch it, you just say to someone, well, look, we just say, how old is Avril Lavigne? And immediately you stop pitching, because they go, no way, I need 20 minutes to work out how old Avril Lavigne is. <laughs> so we got this thing called the birthday game, and you very kindly came along, three competitors, uh, and um, you have to guess how old someone is that week. You get three points if you're bang on, and a point if you're one off. But it's quite nice, it's kind of autobiographical as well, because as soon as you say, how old is Avril Lavigne, people start going, oh, how old was I when Skater Boy came out? Oh, isn't she married to that guy from Nickelback? Which she is. What's that about? <laughs> uh, and so you get all of that stuff. But I thought maybe we'd have a little game of it, in a slightly different form, yeah, okay. a little game of it now with you against the audience. Okay. I don't know if you fear taking on Richard Herring in a quiz. Yeah. Anybody. <laughs> I would I've got a House of Games trophy, that's what I'm going to say. Can I take my phone out of my pocket, do you yeah. mind? I always wanted to do um, a chat show, but where the host is on his phone. <laughs> so just go, uh, welcome everybody. I'm joined by uh, Richard Herring, very much the, uh, the unsung hero of, of, uh, of Leon Herring. And he's, oh, wait a second. Just, I just got to... Anyway, I would just do that. Uh, I realise I do have to look up something. Right. Okay, what I'm going to do, I'm going to read out somebody's birthday is this week. You are going to guess how old they are. Mm-hmm. The audience are then going to, en masse, go higher or lower. Okay. Okay? Mm-hmm. You happy with that? Yep. Okay, I've got a good sort of Richard Herring podcast name first. Uh, how old this week is tennis player Pete Sampras? You see? <laughs> Do you see how it works? Pete Sampras. Uh, well, he's got to be over... Has he? Because he's got to be over 40 now. Um... No, no clues. Tennis, uh, do you know how tennis players age? It goes 15, 30, 40. <laughs> and then they fall in love. Um, uh, it's, uh, uh, I would say he is... Look, Andy Murray's like 30-something, uh, 33. He's, quite, He's quite so young. good at this, isn't he? He's Richard? quite young, but... And Sam Press was a bit ago, wasn't he? He was around in the 90s, so he'd have been like 30 in the 90s. He might be, I'd say 45. Let's go for 45. Oh, they don't like that. <laughs> Sounds a bit like they think you've gone too low, doesn't it? <laughs> so you say 45. Anyone think lower? I mean, you've nearly sold this place out and nobody thinks it's lower. Uh, who thinks it's higher? Yes. Okay, for the first point, Pete Sampress this week is... 40. It's in his 40s. Eight years old. Well done, audience. 
45? Literally, I only put them in because I thought he was much older than 48. <laughs> I thought he must be in his 50s. Okay, here's your next one. How old this week? One nil to the audience. Well done, audience. There's, oh, I just, there's a million pounds up for grabs. <laughs> Which is underwritten by uh, Stuart Lee. Very, very kind of How old this week is Madonna? Ooh, it's good. Ooh, I mean, it's good. it just keeps on giving, doesn't it? Uh, she was around in the 1980s. <laughs> Uh, she That's was... the kind of insight that this podcast really... Uh... <laughs> in 1984, she was probably... Uh, oh, no, I was, I was 18 or 19 in 1984. Uh, no, she's probably only a couple of years older than me. She, she's, uh, I'd say, how, old, how old are you? Uh, she's, I, think she's, I think she might be... She's, she was a bit older. I was going to say 60. 60. I think it's interesting, though. That was, that's less cocky than last time, isn't it, from the audience? <laughs> last time, they think you've actually given this to us. Uh, Richard has said 60. Audience, who thinks lower? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, it's not. <laughs> uh, well, I'll tell you, it's interesting. Because it's her birthday this week. Yeah. Today, she is 60. Oh. This week, she's 61. The audience wins again. 2-0. Only just, though. I'd have got a point. So in the real game, you don't. it's not just someone has to go higher or lower. Yeah, exactly. Everyone has to give their own actual guess. So yeah, you get three points for bang on and one point I'd if you're uh, yeah. one point. For, all right, mate. Uh, <laughs> I just want to have got a point. You are very close. Uh, how old this week, Richard? Audience. Yeah. Uh, audience 2-0 up. Let's make it best of five. <laughs> oh, we're making it best of 17. Uh, how old this week is Sir? Yeah. Trevor McDonald. Mm. That's a tester. Right. Well, his, uh, Lenny Henry was doing Trevor McDonald in Tis Was uh, in the 1970s. Uh, so uh, Trevor McDonald must have been like at least 25 then to be a newsreader. Oh, um, yeah, they don't. They, yeah, they don't you've got to be 25. It's, like, it's, it's exactly the same uh, as getting a hire car, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> he's owned with my dad. Would he have been as old as my dad? How old's your dad? My dad is 83. Okay. I don't think he's quite as old as my dad. I think he might be older than you think, doesn't he? Because well, it depends how old I think he is. You probably, uh, to be fair, probably know. To, to be fair, he's exactly the age I think. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to say he's 81 today. 81 this week. says Richard. Okay. Interesting. Uh, oh, they went quiet there. <laughs> That's a tester for them. You've, you've really asked them a question now. Everyone's thinking he's rough. He must be somewhere around that. We're going up or down. Do we think he is uh, younger than 81? Yes. Older than 81? Yes. Think younger, yes? Yes. Okay. Richard. Yeah. Once again, you're one year out. Okay. Have the audience beat you 3 0? <laughs> or have you clawed it back? Sir Trevor McDonald, here's the news. He's 80 years oh. old. I'm so sorry. Three points to the audience. Can we do one more? We'll do one last one. Yeah. And this is, if you get this one, you win the whole lot. Okay. Is there anyone in the audience whose birthday it is this week who would like to come up on stage? <laughs> anyone? Anyone fancy that? Come there. up. Here we go. Oh, great. It's a woman as well. <laughs> yeah, right. Do you want to sit in my throne? Hello. What's your name? Gillian. Gillian. Yeah, that's good. That's terrible Scottish accent, that was, that was 
offensive to the Scottish people. So, yeah. now, Richard, you can see Gillian. Everyone here can see Gillian as well. So, you have an advantage of being able to tell how old she might be. I, yeah. I mean, good luck. <laughs> but, for people at home who are not able to see Gillian, yeah. uh, I'm going to let you ask two questions that might place Gillian somewhere, about childhood TV or something like that. Just a couple of questions so people at home might get a chance to... Uh, to work out what age she is. <laughs> Do you want me to ask a couple of questions? You ask a couple of questions. Okay. Gillian, what was your favourite uh, TV programme when you were growing up? Um, favourite TV programme when I was growing up? Probably Blue Peter. Oh, thanks oh. a lot. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that... <laughs> Have you played this before? <laughs> you know what? She's been sent by Stuart Lee, hasn't she? I've got, listen, I've got a follow-up question yeah. then to help you out. Gillian, who's your favourite ever Blue Peter presenter? Connie Huck. Oh, Ooh, there we go. She Connie was Huck. the longest-serving longest longest Blue Peter presenter. Blue yeah. presenter. <laughs> so what do you think? Well, I was thinking when she said Blue Peter, I was thinking, well, she uh, must have been at least seven in 1959 when... Uh, <laughs> when Blue Peter began, so that's at least a start. Uh, Connie Huck was, um, was probably in Blue Peter between 94 and 2004, something like that. Okay. Um, just, she has a future guest on the show, actually, I haven't announced it yet, she's going to be in one of the London Hellestopers. Thank you. Uh, so if that, let's say 2000, you were like, oh, that doesn't sound like that, does it? No offence, but you don't, you don't seem... Like, the <laughs> seven in 2000. Do go on. <laughs> it's very hard to tell. You could be any age. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. could be any age. I would say, whatever age you are, you are looking yeah. great on it. Yeah. But she's Scottish, so I mean, the oldest person there's ever been in Scotland is 35, so it's got to be under 35. Um, I would say, like, so let's say you were 10 in 1990. You are so wishing this was a bloke who'd come on now. <laughs> the fun you'd be having. Ten, uh, ten, yeah, well, let's say, Colin, it was a bit earlier. Let's say you are th- 35 years old, just basically on uh, Connie Hutt, nothing that, else. <laughs> that's the audience, like that. <laughs> 35 years old audience, I think I know the answer to this already. Uh, <laughs> who thinks Julian is older than 35? Who thinks Gillian is younger than 35? Yay! I think the audience are going younger. Okay. Uh, Richard, if you hand Gillian the microphone, Gillian, how old are you? I was 35 yesterday. Oh! Wow. Yes. I win. I pulled it out of the bag. Yeah, that was amazing. <laughs> That was genuinely, anyone listening at home will think that was, a, that was a plant. That was awesome. Thank you. And you made this look like such a bunch of idiots. <laughs> They're very polite, though. I, I, I would have gone younger. I would have gone, gone 32, I think. Yeah. Okay. So it goes to show, right? Yeah. I was being polite. I thought you were about 45. Good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> It's a very good game. So when's that going to hit the uh, First week of September. So we've done 16 of them. So they run once a week from September up to Christmas. Loads of good people. You did a couple, didn't I you? A couple, yeah. Tom Allen's done some. David O'Doherty and Rick Edwards on the first one. Great. But it gets very, very, very competitive. Yes. That's the fun of it. My brother came on one as well, oh, did he? which was nice. <laughs> I deliberately mispronounced his surname as Osmond all the way through. Because <laughs> I always, 
I've always wanted the opportunity. So what else have I got for you? Um, uh, I'm, I'm quite obsessed. I'm quite uh, interested in the, da- the Daily Express's obsession with you mm. and Pointless. Yeah. I've noticed this with a few of the quiz shows. They have a weird algorithm. Yeah. Carol Kirkwood, they do it for as well. <laughs> yeah. If you, the, every single time you say anything, they go, shock revelation as Richard reveals Wellington, capital of New Zealand. <laughs> it, well, they always try and make out that something happens on Pointless that's quite mm. controversial. You watch the clip and... Nothing really has happened at all. Yeah, if I say to Zander, oh, you're an idiot or something, you go, Richard loses rag. <laughs> <laughs> Literally me just having a laugh with him. Yeah. It's what, what, I mean, it's sort of like being heckled by your gran or something, isn't it? By one's gran, the Daily Express. I've never understood it. There must be some algorithm. I mean, it's a clickbait thing, yeah. right? And the Daily Express are the, are, the, are the sort of kings and queens of it. But I don't really understand it. And you do think... As a journalist, if that's, is that your job? Right that, that's not a newspaper, is it? That's literally like a click farm. Yeah. It's so bizarre just watching an episode of The Chase where sort of Bradley throws to the break and says, Bradley quits Chase for three minutes. <laughs> it is so odd. And it just sort of like, like your grand just goes, oh, and this couple went on. They didn't do that well. They didn't get to the final, but they, they did all right. It's just like your grand telling you what happened on Pointless. I had to say, I don't, I, I, I don't click on them by no. and large. I just, okay. <laughs> just look at the headline that tells me how furious I was about something, which I clearly wasn't furious about. I did a podcast with your wife the other day, which was great yes. fun, the, uh, the Drunk Women Solving Crime. Yes. She's very good. <laughs> it's so weird, isn't it? Having had that... I just... What a... Listen, you run your career however you want to run your career, right? <laughs> you had a long time in a comedy uh, double act. Yes. Where you, you were outpaced by your <laughs> partner, okay? Yes. We, under, we understand that. Listen, you're the nice guy, you're the underdog, we get that. But that's the, he's, he's the talent. Now, you have this amazing career as a great podcast host. Yeah. Very, very good thing to do. People love it. You know, it's a, you monetize it in ways that other people don't do. You know, very, very impressive. And then you marry someone who is better at that than you. <laughs> so you've immediately... And now you're in a partnership that's much, much harder to get out of. Yeah. Uh, and, she, and she's going to ask... She, she was terrific. Yeah. I didn't know... I didn't know when I married her she was going to start podcasting. I was podcasting when we got married, but she wasn't. Oh, really? And then she sort of came in. She slid into the, the profession. And, yeah, she is... Uh. And when she's drunk, that. she's very good. But when she so that's why they have to be drunk <laughs> throughout that podcast. She is, she is very good, yeah. It was a very fun podcast. They yeah. probably drink in it. So it's called Drunk Women Solving Crime, if you haven't heard it. And I was at they, it's always women, but they did a boys' week and James Acaster was on and I was on. Yeah. I, that's, it's out soon, I think. It is out soon, I think, for International uh, Men's Day month. Is that right? Uh, and I think they're going to have. We should kids. have an International Men's Day. They should, they should look into that. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you think? But they really knock it back. I was really impressed. Yeah. Yeah, that was, it was great. Yeah, it's all right for you when you're on it, but I have to deal with her when she comes home and sets the, <laughs> sets the burglar alarm off and stuff. She did the other day. I was genuinely thinking that all the way through as she was getting drunker and drunker and sort of talking about her Uber. I was thinking, yeah. this is going to be great. You've got two kids at home. Poor old Richard's yeah. sitting there. So, you know. I not, think that might. There's one drink. she can't remember because it's, it's quite a long Uber drive back from it's recorded in North London. We live north of London. She gets an Uber home. And she can't, one of them, she can't remember the drive back. <laughs> oh, okay. Or I think the Uber driver had to tell her uh, to get out because she was home. 
So they do properly drink. She's a wonderful woman. I'm glad I married her. That hasn't gone wrong at all. Um, <laughs> oh, what are we, how are we doing? Oh, it's, it's quarter past uh, two. This is, we've got 15 minutes to go. I've got nothing left. I've got nothing left here. <laughs> I have got more. I've got more. Um, I've got to do some emergency I'll questions. I'll ask you a question if you yes, want. Go on, go on I was thinking, so you've been doing this run for the whole, uh, you've been doing the whole of the fringe, right? Yes. Talk me through the economics of it because I've always wondered. <laughs> how many how many tickets do you have to sell every day to, to break even? I'm not sure with this one because I've not done too much extra stuff. I've got to pay for my very expensive accommodation, which this year is is twice as high as it's ever been. But then you're not paying bills at home, uh, so you're saving a bit of money there. Well, I suppose. I presume you turned like turn the heating off. And I turned most <laughs> heating off. Yeah, and I don't have to pay for heating on top of what I'm paying, but it is very expensive. Usually, people have got people have put in those big posters everywhere and got yeah. leafleters everywhere. And playing, I'm not paying any PR people. I haven't had any PR this year. So actually, I don't know what the answer is. I didn't really look at the deal beforehand. I just trusted the stand that it would be okay. I think I'll be all right. Okay, you're going to break even. I think I'll, well, you're gonna I make might money. make a little bit of money. Well, that's nice, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. It's all right, isn't it? Nice yeah. way to make a living. Yes, but I lost £45,000 in 2014 being on a play, so I've got to make that back. What do you reckon Stuart Lee is making? <laughs> well, a lot. An, an awful. I don't think he's up here very long this time, but he shows. It doesn't off, need to be, mate. He shows. <laughs> off, he shows off about deliberately not and never doing any adverts or any of that stuff. So he's literally got no. But aside from his accommodation, he has no expense. Clever stick that, isn't it? Yeah. Being a stand-up comic is the the single most lucrative thing you can do in the entire world. So my brother's in a band. And there's, there's only four of them. There's five of them. There's yeah. five of them now. They've got a manager. But, you know, they're not got recording costs and stuff anymore. He goes around the world. They play festivals in every country in the world. They're big around the world. And I know what he makes, and it's a lot. Yeah. And there's five of them. Now, if you're Kevin Bridges or something like that, these guys are proper, you know, who filling out everywhere. This literally is just you. Yeah. It's just you. Kevin Bridges, Peter Kay. You're selling out kind of 16,000 seaters ten nights in a row. No overheads at all. Yes. 25 quid a ticket, 35 quid a ticket. Well, at least a lot of them are more. Than I mean, that's amazing, it isn't is, it? It's, it's the biggest Jesus. con. It's a, such a con. Yeah, it's a con. Yeah, yeah, but you know what? It's not a con because it's the same price as going to see a band and you have just as much fun. Well, I suppose so. Don't you think? Yeah. You should do comedy. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> There's money I'll in give it. give it a try. <laughs> I'll ask some emergency questions, yeah, Richard. These emergency works. question books will be for sale uh, in the foyer after the show. I'm very happy to uh, say hello and sign your programmes and stuff. Uh, there's a and, that's it, and that's straight in your back pocket, right? These are always paid for. And are you, are you, is it cash or is it? I've got a card machine, but it's not working that well. So, uh, so some so, of it's... So some cash would be better. Uh, <laughs> because, yeah, the card machine's not working very well. They're so unreliable, aren't they, these days? They are. So uh, that's all, that's tax-free. Every, every penny you get. <laughs> You know, when, you know when people go and do those, you know, like, I don't know if this is like this, I don't think it is. You know when they do those big fan things, and people like Ian McKellen will turn up, or David Tennant, like Doctor Who things, or, you know, and like big names, you think, well, why are they turning? It's weird that they would turn up at that. And, you know, every, they get paid in cash and it's tax-free. Right. So if you get paid 100 quid to sign an autograph, have a photo, they're literally leaving those places with duffel bags, stuffed with banknotes, <laughs> and the taxman can't touch them. That's why they all I mean, do I think the taxman could touch them if he... No, because it's, it's, there's something to do with image rights or something around oh, it? where it's, uh, yeah, it's tax-free. Wow. So they can take home kind of 30 grand. They're keeping all of that. Something to think about. Jeez, the next Lee and Herring convention. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> imagine, imagine if you did a Lee and Herring convention, right? Yeah. And all it is, there's two chairs like this. <laughs> right? 
a little trestle table in front. What, you there, Stu here. Yeah. And just two cues. Yeah. <laughs> What's your estimation of the size of those cues? <laughs> I think people would come to both. I think people, well, people would join yours because they think it's shorter. But would it right? Imagine you had a hundred people in your queue, right? And you, you and you get a hundred kids. So imagine you're going to clear up, like some good money. Yeah. People just sign, just having a photo taken with someone doing one of your catchphrases. Remind me of one of them. <laughs> Moon on the stick. Oh, Moon brilliant. Stick. Uh, <laughs> takes me back. Um, so imagine that. So you're getting a load of money, but Stuart's queue is twice as long. How do you feel? Um, I think, you know, he's worked very hard and he did, did not when we were working together. Uh, but he, 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 uh, he, he deserves, you know, he deserves everything. He but needs it, it for his... Yeah, 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 yeah. For, for whatever it is he gets up whatever to. Whatever he's spending yeah. his money on. Anyway, let's do some emergency questions. Okay, well, let's questions. do some emergency questions. There's also a free programme if you would like to make a donation to Scope after the show. Uh, there are buckets, and there should be a bucket on my uh, table. If not, there'd be hope some people shaking buckets. Please give some money. It's a fantastic charity. Um, uh, have you, oh, I, I know what I want to ask you first was, yeah. um, if you could go to any art gallery or museum in the world and take one item home with you, what would you I like would to take say... Home? And what legally I could take Yeah, you could really say you're allowed to have any one item. Okay, well, just the most expensive one. Is that what you do? Of course. <laughs> what is the most expensive? Is it well, turners? I would guess it would be the Mona Lisa, right? Yeah, probably. I would have thought that must be the most expensive. So why would anyone take home... Well, because it might be nice to look at the thing in your house and just not think about... I think that would be weird. I think if it's a great work of art, it yeah. belongs in a gallery, Richard. That's my <laughs> So more people can see so it. So you would take it and sell it to another gallery? Yeah, yeah. of course. <laughs> Of course, but if you took the Mona Lisa, that's, I mean, that's, that's half a billion pound right there. Yeah. That'd be worth having, wouldn't it? It's not really big, though, is it? it wouldn't, if you did take no, it No, but that's even it. better, because taking it home is easy. <laughs> you could literally just take it on the Eurostar. <laughs> if you had to take the Last Supper, it'd be an absolute pain in the arse. Because <laughs> it's delivery costs, and, yeah. you know, and then you'd be, oh, you'd be at work, and they were like, oh, we tried to deliver the Last Supper, and you weren't here. <laughs> so it's at your local post office. The Last Supper, that'd be a good thing for Deliveroo to, uh, to deliver. Anyway, so. Uh, so, so, Mona Lisa, and if anyone else is saying anything else. Okay, well, I wouldn't. I would take the, one of the Lewis Chessmen. I'd just say one of the Lewis Chessmen, that's what I would take. You could probably do that. Yeah. There's I'm, loads of them. <laughs> Someone found one in their drawer. Did you yeah. see that? It's just insane. They said it for three million or something? It was like a lot of money. A lot of money. It was a lot of money. It's not I'm, Mona Lisa money, but it's it a lot is. of money. It was a lot of money. Uh, this is a question Jeff Norcott asked, I think might be an emergency question. What is the largest animal that you think you could take down in a oh. fight? <laughs> and I think for you that's quite interesting. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, a really, that's a really good chance. Well, it's interesting because the size of the animal, it's not the size of the dog in the fight, it's the size of the fight in the dog, right? right? As Barry McGuigan's dad always used to say. <laughs> um, so I would think, look, I would, I would think something that was not that threatening, like a cow, yeah. Right. I could. So a tiger, for example, is smaller than a cow. Yeah. I don't want to tell you your job, uh, <laughs> but it is. And a tiger, I don't think I could beat in a fight. No. But a cow, like a, you remember that picture of the massive cow they had in America, the really big oh, one. Okay. Yeah. That was a big cow. Yeah. But I reckon, what's it going to do to you? I don't want to fight an animal. Anyway, they're ungulates, aren't they? Uh, cows. They could. Oh, hoo- they, could. Got, they certainly are. They've got hooves. Tell me about they've it. They've got hooves. Yeah. Yeah, but they could kick you with that hoof. But a cow, you'd yeah. be frightened of a cow. I, I don't know if I could I, take it down. You could probably take it down. Listen, I don't believe in any sort of animal cruelty, but one punch and you could... Uh, 
you could probably are you blind sign that you're coming in with the cow not knowing you're about to punch it or oh, are you yeah the yeah, cow's okay. not going to think oh there's, that's the guy from Pointless I wonder if he's about to punch me <laughs> <laughs> it's ungentlemanly I think you should I swear up very to the much. cow to give it a chance but you could, you could easily listen it might run yeah. but does that count as I think you've got to take it down and, and maybe kill it I mean, listen, and I have to do, sorry, I have to do <laughs> this, to do and, it, and if I do this, I get the Mona Lisa. Is this yeah, that's right. I would kill a cow for the Mona Lisa. Would you? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. I think, listen, I don't ever want to be put in that position, but uh, <laughs> if, I, if I was forced to by some yeah. weird kidnapper, then, you know, I guess I, I guess I would have, that's a plot for my next novel. It is. <laughs> When's your novel out? Uh, not till August. Books, they not August next forever. year. August next year. Wow. It's ridiculous, isn't it? Are you working on the sequel to... to yeah, I, I've got the same, it's the same... Everyone who survives from the first book Ooh. is still... Is, uh, is back in the next one. Okay. Yeah. So like the Secret Seven with old people, is that what it is? It is, yeah. yeah. It is. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. It's, called, it's called the Thursday Murder Club. Yeah. There's four people in their 70s and 80s who, were, who have to solve a murder. Do they manage it? Perhaps one of them did it. Ooh. I don't know. Ooh. You... you do you really not know? <laughs> Just, is that how it ends? That's the clip. <laughs> I've got on pretty fast. The, the, final, the final line in the whole book is, <laughs> your guess is very much as good as mine. I did a thing on Twitter last week or the week before where my daughter loves going on Twitter and just putting emoticons down and then I let her do loads of emoticons and I said, name the film. And loads of people... Which, <laughs> <laughs> and loads of it, and then people go, what is it, what, did anyone give the answer, what's the answer? I said, you tell me. <laughs> I don't know, I won't be asking you funny. That's brilliant. <laughs> we had to do that, we did that on House of Games, we did that on yes, yes. game, and David O'Doherty had to, uh, had to spell out a, a, a film, no, a, a British TV show with emoticons, uh, and his first two were the sun and then the flag of France, right? <laughs> and then there, was, then there was a picture of a church, right? So you think, well, I mean, so it was the sun and a picture of France, and then a church. And we were all sitting there going, because I never know the answers on that show. And we go, literally, DOD, we've got no idea what this is. And at the end, he goes, it's the Vicar of Dibley. And we're like, well, I see there's a church, but why have you got the sun and the flag of France? And he went, well, the sun, when does the sun come up? Dawn, and the flag of France, French. Dawn, French. He genuinely thought it was a good clue. Um, <laughs> uh, I did have one here that I was going to ask you. Oh, have you ever taken a lie detector test? Oh, I haven't. I'd love to. Oh. I would love to do that. You could bring that into a, some kind of game show, couldn't you? Well, you're not allowed to use them anymore, of course, because after Jeremy Kyle. Oh, yeah. Now it's got taken off air because of them. Gen- I was generally watching Jeremy Kyle one day, and uh, there was this woman. This is absolutely true. And I used to say this sometimes. You can't really say it anymore because it's been taken off air. Uh, but there was this woman on the show and she thought her boyfriend had been cheating on her and he was taking a lie detector test and Jeremy Carr said to her, how sure are you that he's been cheating? And she said, well, Jeremy, I'm 80-30. And uh, I was wondering about, uh, uh, we had we talked to Jeff Norcott about Brexit a lot. He's quite, he thinks it's gonna be a good thing. Yeah. Um, do you think we could solve Brexit by some kind of quiz show with loads of contestants and whoever wins gets to do whatever they want to do for Brexit? Well, we could call it pointless, that's for sure. <laughs> um, no, uh, listen, but, I mean, a referendum is a quiz show. That's essentially what a quiz show is, isn't it? It's a poll. <laughs> and it's, uh, you know, so it's, uh, you know, politics is a quiz show, the whole thing. Yeah. Isn't it? 
let's do you not think talk about Brexit. Do you think we're going to sort it out? Brexit? Yeah. Well, that we don't have any option other than sort it. Well, it's, it's almost like we said, look, it's going to be a disaster, but everything was a, was a disaster anyway. It's not like everything was amazing. It's not like we've gone from the most amazing thing in the world to something that's awful. It's just a different sort of awful. And then <laughs> when it's that sort of awful, we'll turn it around and then it'll be a different sort of awful after that. Yeah. But everything has, a, has, has an equal and opposite reaction. And it will take us somewhere awful and then it will take us somewhere interesting, I'm sure. We'll see. I think you might be the man to sort it out. I think we need to go... Oh, can you? I would hate that. Well, yeah. I would hate that responsibility. <laughs> it's an unpleasant job. Also, too. I'm such a people pleaser. It would be, be awful. <laughs> Um, what have you seen? I know you just you just up in Edinburgh seeing stuff. Is yeah, that just up, just up for a week with the kids watching yeah. some comedy. Uh, what have we seen that was good? Well, you know, the, the thing we saw last night that was half full, which is a shame, was Matt Ewins, which was absolutely brilliant. So I mentioned that because it was half full. Uh, he said that he made a mistake in the fringe brochure. Uh, instead of having a picture of himself, he's got a he's got a stock picture. He said he he, he googled. Uh, 70-year-old man with microphone and chose the first stock image and that's, that's his picture in the bridge <laughs> brochure which he now recognises may have been a mistake but uh, that was brilliant those are very, very funny video gags and all sorts of stuff just the tonic at the cave you saw Glenn Moore yesterday who was absolutely brilliant um, Callie Beaton was terrific Lou Sanders um, loads and loads of great things we've seen so far yeah. uh, David O'Doherty is uh, brilliant as always oh, and the other thing I think it sold out but it's brilliant, Stuart Lee. I don't know if he's... Uh... Uh, he's putting on extra shows. I see. I think that's... If you haven't put on extra shows, that means you've made, the, you've, you've made a mistake, haven't you? Yeah. What you should have is a venue that is always just too big for your audience exactly. so that you never exactly have to that. do any... And often, some days, much too big for your audience. <laughs> just so that you never have to do any extra shows. That's exactly, what that's... yeah. He's been an absolute idiot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what a fool. Probably, you know what, he'll probably waste all that money he's earned as well, won't he? <laughs> really? He'll just spend it on them, uh, I would say. <laughs> I've, I've got too much respect for him. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been lovely to have you. Thank you for coming along oh, when you're, on, you're sort of on holiday, really. Yeah, for sure. Very nice to come down. Um, and what, is it just pointless in House of Games? When's, when's my House of Games on my Champion of Champions? That's a good question, actually. Yeah, there, yeah. There's, there's a new season of House of Games starting in September. I think five weeks. I think the, the champion champions might be uh, a couple before Christmas and a couple in the New Year. So it might be the best ones will be before Christmas. Yours might be in the New Year. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. We will see. Uh, that yeah, and then a load more, a load more pointless and you know and uh, yeah and writing the next book. Which cool. is... I never got my prizes from the from the first. Oh, uh, God. Well, I got I got two of them, but I didn't get two of them. Which what didn't you get? I didn't get the Richard Osmond figure, which I was very excited about. Inciting, inserting in my okay. anus. But that's the only reason I chose that. To yeah. stick that in my a lot of, I've, I've had a lot of people send me pictures of their, uh, <laughs> their Richard Osmond doll in compromising positions. Yeah. I wanted to do that, and I didn't. I got a hip flask. I'm not bothered about. I'm not drinking anymore, so that's okay. It was okay. partly not getting that hip flask that made me think. Well, I'm carrying all this whiskey around in my hands. Maybe it's time. <laughs> maybe it's time just to stop drinking whiskey. That's the sign, isn't so it? I've stopped. I've stopped drinking whiskey. So that's, I'm, 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 not I'm about sorry that. to hear that. And I was disappointed that the fondue set I got didn't have your face on the side of it, so it was just a regular fondue set. Oh, really? Yeah, I guess there's probably some health and safety thing. Yeah, you're probably not. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a good fondue set, though, right? It is nice. Yeah, yeah. some of those prizes are nice. Yeah, they're good. In the next series, we've got wee- a weenie luggage, like a, like a weenie case, and it's really good. And everyone who wins, it's always the comics. Every single one goes, the best news about this is, is you, I'll definitely know it's mine on the carousel. You think, if you're at the Melbourne Comedy Festival, <laughs> literally every single stand-up in Britain now has one of these. <laughs> Some people have got a golden one now, though. Yeah, how 
exciting. Right, it's been lovely to have you along. We're going to have to go to let whoever's on next. Ladies and gentlemen, give you a round of applause to the amazing Richard Osborne! Thank you. Please give some money to Stoke on your way out. I'll be at the front if you want to say hello. You have been listening to Rahalastapa at the Edinburgh Fringe with me, Richard Herring. Thank you to Pest for providing the music. Thank you to everyone at the Newtown Theatre and The Stand and everyone at GoFasterStrike.com. The producer is James Hingley. This is a Sky Potato Fuzz and GoFasterStrike.com production. Go to rahalastapa.co.uk to find out more. RichardHerring.com slash gigs to find out who my guests are for the rest of the run. <laughs>